Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Slamfire Radio, episode 515. Today is July 12th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle. Kelly, Kelly. Oh, that's me. I'm reading uh, Tony's Did the Single Women Invasion Workout. What the hell is that? You were invading <laughs> the U.S. It was 1812. Oh. You were doing a, a personal yeah. crusade of 1812. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Hi, I'm Kelly. Hi, I'm Adriel. Hi, I'm Mo. <laughs> That was very smooth. Very smooth. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, the smoothest. <laughs> That's what we're known for. We're known for our just like butter tight. Flawless. Absolutely. Butter tight. Yeah. 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 Improv right on the spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get into what we did with guns. And speaking of 1812, Kelly, why don't you tell us about uh, your reenactment? Oh, well, that's fantastic. Um, I I don't know. It's been a, a while since I've been on. I've been doing a lot of things. Went to the U.S. That is correct. I met up with some people that I haven't seen in a really long time. Got to hang out with uh, Brian Boulevard and had to do that down in the U.S., believe it or not. And then I also actually met up with one of our listeners, uh, Tim Crosno, who's also from the U.S. My dogs are barking. Uh, as well as his lovely wife so he came up from texas we had uh, a friend of mine uh, come from phoenix and some other people come from tennessee sticks came from tennessee so it was really good went down to michigan and had uh well really really good time but it was uh everybody i'm not sure if everybody knows her or not anyway stacy uh she got married to mr bill wilson so really really fun time uh she's what else did seed. i do she's an apple seed instructor in the u.s she is Kelly. she's also actually closely tied to the very to maple seed she's one of our board members as well and yeah yeah she helped with fun. the efficiency of theft of ip from apple seed to maple seed this is correct i will not no 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 take that back if you breed an apple seed and a maple seed what do you get Mm. A maple apple? <laughs> well, those Apple's. are really good. Maples. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had a little maple seed last weekend. I will not talk about it because I think that uh, somebody else that's on the show tonight will be talking about what he did in guns this week. And yeah. Um, yeah. Had a lot of things happening. I just can't remember all of them. My brain is fried. We did She Shoots last night uh, with the. Um, she shoot podcast it was number 18 we did mounted shooting it was awesome who wouldn't like that right you got girls you got guns and you got horses doing it all at once so it was pretty cool i want to hunt from a horse like i've said this before on the show Mm -hmm. hunting deer from a horse nice and quiet walking along you see a deer the deer sees a horse they're like i've seen that horse before that's not a threat Uh uh-uh today it is Bam. Bam! And then you get the ho- you get the deer, you throw it over the horse, or you tie a rope to it, and you just drag it back home. Yeah. 
True. Yeah, that'd be cool. Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also got my finally got my laptop up and working. Uh, tested it last night for the broadcast, and I'm going to obviously use it tonight as well. Um, no leg. Looks awesome. pretty good. Quality's not bad. Mm-hmm. So that's me. All right, Kyle. El Jefe. What about you? I made it to the range on Saturday and got some training in. Did probably about two and a half hours of three-gun training. And basically just working on manipulations and just hammering the WMD drill. I don't know if people are familiar with it, but it's actually a really good... uh, Weapons manipulation drill. Oh, I thought like. it was weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a low round count drill, so not mass. <laughs> uh, Keith Garcia, I think, originally come with it, or that's who I learned it from anyways. And it's a, it's a really good drill. So you start out with your pistol. Uh, Megan, Magwell, but empty chamber. Uh, Meg on your belt. And then a mag on table, and your rifle is two mags on the table, empty mag well, bolt forward. And uh, shotgun has two in it, one on the lifter. Uh, so you start, you draw your pistol, rack it, shoot your two rounds. You are now at empty, reload, rack slide, two rounds, and then reload off the table, two rounds. Dump your pistol, grab your rifle, load with one of the mags off the table, or with your two-rounded mag off the table, load it, rack it, shoot your two rounds, reload from the belt, two rounds, and then reload from the table, two rounds, dump your rifle, and then grab your shotgun, shoot one round, load four, then shoot five, so that puts you at bolt lock, and then match save for your last round. Sounds like a oh. Keith Garcia kind of a drill. That's where I got the drill from. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so. stating the obvious for for our audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I thought I had said that earlier, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Keith Garcia come up with the drill. But uh, I I was able to. It's always humbling because you think, oh yeah, I should be able to do that, and it. I think I got it down to like 20 seconds with like two Charlie on the pistol. So it's. Uh, and that was at, I was shooting at about 10 yards. Hmm. So it was, uh, by the end of it, I was definitely tired. My hand was tore up and sore. and But uh, it was definitely good. And I, I did shot shoot the Taurus. I started out shooting the Taurus and started getting that brought back up. But uh, yeah, it's just, you have to have such a tight grip on the, um, on the Taurus to actually get it to hit where you want it to hit. So... Yeah, take a bit more practice with that. I did order a holster for it, but it has not shipped yet. Um, give me two seconds here. I'm kind of oh, curious. Yeah. What kind of holster? Is it like a concealment holster? It's a yeah. concealment holster, right? Yeah, it's a concealment holster uh, inside the waistband with the sidecar, and it is, uh, it was, what was it? Cross, crossbreed. Or, hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, why would yeah you I haven't gotten a shipment notification. That? I did get a notification that they have the slides with the uh, red dot cut out in stock, but I'm going to hold off before ordering that for a bit. But uh, I did get 
some how, how, how much uh how many rounds do you have on iron sights like would you want to go iron uh, like red dot on a carry pistol i i would yeah hmm. yeah especially a lot of the red dots now as soon as you move them the red dot yeah. turns on so so yeah just being able to pick it up and that i i personally like it but uh, oh, i did yeah. pick up some uh shotgun dummy rounds because when i moved down here i left all my dummy rounds up up in canada because i didn't want them to be confused with ammo because i didn't have ammo on my form six so uh, ordered them off amazon they're bees dummies and uh feeling them like they actually they feel really good they've like they're really good quality they feel like they are actually shotgun shells so cool i haven't uh they just come in so i haven't actually loaded with them but they are pretty much actually better than what I was making before. So, <laughs> so they should be all right. Uh, I also have uh, retired my baseball cleats of like seven, eight years. So I've been running these uh, baseball cleats for for shooting for yeah, probably like seven or eight years, and you can tell like the they're quite wore down. They still look pretty and good. They've been doing it, but uh, with the harder ground here it's mm-hmm. they they were great for running in grass and sand and, and that but uh with the harder ground it's I mean, not quite as good and my feet are starting to get sore by the end of the day wearing these all day so i have finally joined the uh the speed cross cult <laughs> oh so nice picked up a set of uh, speed cross sixes and <laughs> you didn't get the black ones with the Gore-Tex. You got the flashy looking oh, one. Of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> You've shot with me. You've, of course I got the flashy ones. <laughs> so I'll be trying those out this weekend at our uh, monthly USPSA match. So, and cool. yeah, I got a meeting for that tomorrow night, but uh, I was actually talking with our club president uh, Monday night think and uh we've been our club's been having issues with uh, steel challenge and uspsa with getting classifiers uploaded i guess uspsa is not accepting their last year's classifiers like the ones they released last year for some reason i find out more about that tomorrow night i guess but they're struggling with that and yeah like steel challenge is not uploading stuff so but he was mentioning to me and what we're going to pass with the club tomorrow night or attempt to, I guess, is uh, that uh, when, because we would do the months that we would have five Saturdays, the fifth Saturday would be a steel challenge match. And it's talking about turning that into a multi-gun match. So instead of doing steel challenge, we'll be doing multi-gun. So what are you cool. doing for your, actually, I want to know everything about your three gun loadout. So you're running an AR. Yeah, I'm 30 round mags, the, D60? Uh, actually, right off the... D60, I actually don't load too often. Like, I'll have it loaded up for a match, but unless it's like a really long, like a lot of long range and a lot of shooting on a stage, I won't actually use don't the D60. It. Don't need it. But 30 I round will mags. always. Always, not always. I My usual loadout for um, load make ready is a 40 rounder with the... Uh, <laughs> Different tactical <laughs> extension. So about 43, 44 rounds that I start out the uh, stage with. So Well, of course. 
<laughs> and then I'll have my uh, 30 rounder with the same. Like, it's, I, th- I think they say it's a plus five, but I run it like a plus three or plus four base pad. Hmm. And I'll run that on my belt as kind of like a, a backup. <laughs> don't need the b60 no that's the thing i've used it on a few stages like a few years ago but yeah you really don't need the the d60 it can be handy if you're like doing like a rooftop position where you need a short mag or something like that because it i think the d60 works out it's about the same height as a 20 rounder yeah, give me two seconds Good for prone. If you need to like lay down a base of fire from prone, that D60 is handy. Yeah. I found it really handy on like rooftops. Not because you can still monopod off of it and whatnot. So you're shooting off rooftops? Well, you get the rooftop uh platform. They build like a Oh the platforms. Yeah. You're uh, not going to city uh the center of the city and no. <laughs> Got it. Right. Actually on our topic tonight, there is some cool stuff with uh with our main topic that in South Carolina that I really want to go and do, but we'll get into that into the main topic. Um but uh yeah so loadout is forty usually the forty plus rounder, thirty rounder on the belt or thirty plus rounder on the belt. I'll run one, maybe two mag pistols on my belt because I'll be running like 20 rounds, 20 round mags. So yeah, one or two on my belt, one in the gun, obviously. And then like the shotgun really doesn't change because actually uh, you're to start, you can still only have eight in the tube. Actually, like yeah. ghost loading doesn't happen down here because I can only have nine in the gun. Yeah, I actually kind of like that rule because, uh, yeah, then you don't yeah. you don't dick around with ghost load with people who don't know how to ghost load, ghost loading their gun. But I have a twelve round tube. I'd like to start with that fully open. Well, so you can always load more into it after the beep. <laughs> 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 so your belt is basically like: Do you run and still run a chest rig, or do you just run all your no. shotgun shells off your belt? You well, have the room. Well, right? no, I still have chest rig in case. Like, like there's still do some some big shotgun stages, but like I mean, my shotgun loadout hasn't changed from Canada to the U.S. I still have I have an eight round caddy, a twelve round caddy, and then a twenty four round caddy. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in the closet right now. Otherwise, I'd pull them out. Maybe next week I'll uh, bring them out. But uh, yeah, like they my shotgun loadout has not changed, and yeah, just it won't your, change. your belt is more compact, less 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 yeah bulk on it. Yeah, I'm not carrying two to three rifle mags or three to four pistol mags. Yep. Still same Mm -hmm. amount of rounds. It's just not so much real estate. Mm -hmm. So Tony wants to run his KSG 25 at full cap. You know, what will happen is the odd stage brief will say, oh, start empty or start five rounds in the gun. And then you're screwed. (laughs) You have nothing. And that thing's so slow to load. Well, one interesting with USPSA Multigun, they have the uh, modified division now. So that's mm-hmm. like your division that you can ru- have a slide ride optic on your pistol. Hmm. With, and I believe you can have an optic on your shotgun. You can have your barrel ported on your shotgun and your tube can be loaded full from the start. Hmm. There, that, uh, yeah, the modified, USPSA modified uh, division for Multi-gun is actually really interesting, and I might get into it, but I'm still a tack ops guy, so. 
that's interesting. Go fast division. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of really in the middle between open and practical or tack ops, whatever you want to call it. Practical. Mm-hmm. So cool. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what I've done this week. Uh, how about you, Adriel? Uh, not a lot. Uh, I reloaded some ammo, made a thousand rounds of nine millimeter, not small batch. Crank them out, <laughs> get them out, get them done. Overflow my, uh, my Costco bin over there. I wonder if I can, if I can aim down there. My Costco bin just past that bag there. It's full. And then there's another bin right next to it. That's overflowing with nine mil. Nice. Quality QC, very low. It'll probably go bang. Hopefully it doesn't go bang too loud. Anyways, made a bunch of that. And uh, <laughs> at the same, practically in the same time, I made a hundred rounds of two, two, three uh, and prepped on uh, 300 cases. Let's say of two, two, three, but uh, those, so those cases that was full length sizing it was with a buddy of mine. Who's also a listener uh, full length size. Those I have now trimmed them all because I can't be bothered to measure them all. So I just, they all go through the world's finest trimmer. And next up is the really slow step, which is chamfer it because there's a burr on the inside and outside of the mouth. So chamfer, uh, cut the primer pocket because more than half of them have crimped primer pockets. And yeah, that step takes a little, it's like 10 seconds per case. So just got to do all that. Then after that step, then it's fairly quick. Then I can run the hand primer, prime hundred cases or 200 cases or whatever. Powder 200 cases. Oh, that, using this drum. is what you have children for. Ah, <laughs> uh, that is how you get kabooms. Uh, I, mm. I don't. Uh, well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not talking about filling it with powder and all that. I'm talking about the case prep. Yeah. I could. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can get them. Put put them. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Tony says put the boys to put work. The boys to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can you can quality control it. Pull mm-hmm. one out, and then if it's not, do it over. Um. Yeah, I could get him to trim. I, or sorry, yeah. I could get him to um, do the uh, the case neck and whatnot. All yeah. that. Kind of oh yeah, resize yeah. and trim. They could do that. Yeah. 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 yeah they could do all that bit. You take care of the pro- you take care of the um, powder and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. they can mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then this weekend, I have a Cannonascus uh, doubleheader with Tom. So. That's maple seed. So we've got a bit of a drive to, to head down there. During the day, we'll be out in Kananaskis doing the, uh, the maple seeds there. Uh, this is a new range for me. I haven't, uh, I haven't done one down at Kananaskis. I, I, I've heard that maybe we did one there a while back, but uh, those are all sold out. Did have a couple of uh, last minute cancellations. So I'm just trying to fill those fill right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful area, beautiful range. So people. Yeah. we got a wait list, wait list of six for both days. So I think there's, uh, there's some, something to do there. Richard's asking, is there a market for a fully automatic case prep robot? Need to retire. Um, there is in there that such a thing exists. Um, and with, well, Bolivar, when he was describing how he does his, uh, uh, his progressive for his two, two, three, he's got like this vacuum powered trimmer thing. So he like full length sizes and then the next one trims. And I think it chamfers at the same time. And one of them um, runs the primer pocket, like decrimps it. 
And then the rest like do all the other stuff. So you can progressively reload. Old word for good luck finding camping spot. Oh, yeah. Two days after like things opened, I went and looked and it's like, oh, I'm in Sybil Flat. Like we're camping 45 minutes away from where the range is. It's still saving time for Tom and I because it's a, you know, a four or five hour drive to get there. But uh, we still got to wake up in the morning to. They won't let you camp out at the range. No, no camping at that range. So hmm. that good luck for kind of for finding camping spot is uh, it's got some truth to it. Hmm. But whatever, like it's it's a great season to to camp, so I don't mind it at all. Yeah. Um, Kelly, you trying to talk? I see your mouth moving, but I see the mute is on, so I don't think I don't think I hear anything. Kelly? Yeah, I muted oh, myself I because my dogs. Uh, Anybody want a couple of dogs? Of- my dogs don't bark. My, uh, they don't bark at all. Just whines. They say howls. Mm-hmm. You got a husky. Doesn't howl. No? Nope. Very quiet. How old? Four or five years old. Oh. Okay. Doesn't make it. Doesn't make sounds. That's whines good. a little bit every once in a while. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Anyways, uh, that was my week. So, yeah, I'll be camping and shooting and whatnot this weekend. Mo, how about you? Uh, I didn't do anything this weekend, so we can move Shush. on to the rest of the show. <laughs> go ahead, okay. Kyle. Take it away. We're, we're going to pull up all the questions. Let's just go back here just a little bit. Yeah, there's we're a whole conversation up. happening regarding this. Uh-huh. But then I already talked this out. Wasn't it done? No, that was no. pre-show. So now you got to do it all oh. over again. Oh, dear. The whole thing. So they asked P-Roy. The question is, how much did Mo pay for his rifleman? The, the, the answer way, to that is not enough. That is correct <laughs> because it's right here. Kelly's integrity is too high for that. Yes. I also Very didn't high. receive the case of whiskey that was promised. Yeah, Mo, your bribe was incorrect. It wasn't not enough. It was the wrong kind of bribe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so let's get this done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it was a lovely day at the range. Uh, Maple Seed, Cornwall, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually, I'll start before that. So I went to the local range in Montreal, the indoor one, to just make sure that the rifle was sighted in at 25 meters. And I met a gentleman there, Earl. Earl. Who, Earl. Yeah. <laughs> who I've uh, I've seen at some IPSC matches. I don't know him that well, but I I, I ended up talking to him there, and it was he was he was. Uh, I mentioned the maple seed, and he said, "Oh, I've always wanted to do one, but every time I try, it's sold out." So then we look at the Cornwall one, and sure enough, there was no adult spots left just for children. And then I messaged Kelly, and she was kind enough to get him in. So I gave him the information, and uh, he ended up coming on Saturday too. So now let's get to the maple seed. And, uh, okay, so right off the top, I did not get my patch. I didn't earn it. So that's that. The instruction was top-notch, so please don't sully Kelly's good name. Uh, She couldn't have done more. And uh, Greg and Mike, they were all terrific. Um, you shot pretty good. I was following along. I feel like I was doing well. And then the the length of the day and the heat got to me. And then mm-hmm. I was telling Adriel pre-show Kelly that when, by the time that I got to the actually MQTs, I was just pulling the trigger to get it done. I was not focused like on actually mm-hmm. doing the right thing. So... I got the score I got because I didn't earn it, and that's that. 
So well, you still scored a pretty good score for if that's the case, but um, I will acknowledge one that it was sunny. I was, um, it was very sunny. It was warm and uh, it was humid. And I think from my perspective, everyone, and that includes the instructors as well as uh, the participants, everybody by the end of the day was um, done. And I saw it also in people's scores while they shot. Would you say that like the tees? Would you say like the the temperature affected your your quality of instruction? Oh dear! (laughs) (laughs) Be careful, mom. (laughs) No, no, it was completely me. It had nothing to do with them. Anyway, so you guys are making this bugging like way less fun. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't her fault, like. Of course uh, it wasn't, but he it's, did a great. <laughs> he really, really did a great job. He scored better than he did the last time. You did, yeah. But I kept. I even told Adriel Prishow that if I had just focused for five minutes, like the drill where you have for full five minutes, that I did it in five seconds mm-hmm. because I just wanted it done. If I had concentrated for five more minutes and toughed it out, mm-hmm. I would have done a lot better. That's all. Yeah. I think people shot the way they shot because uh, it was nobody uh, nobody obtained a rifleman score, uh, and we don't get very many of them, but we do occasionally. Um, so, what was your hit factor hit factor, uh, Mo, for that uh, that bottom row? I <laughs> your bottom row was not bad. It your wasn't points good. over time, right? Yeah, it's a kid factor. No, no, it was not no. good. It was not good. Um, it was bad. Okay, so Kelly, you had asked for suggestions. So here's my suggestion. Mm-hmm. I'm proposing that for someone who's doing it a third time, mm-hmm. that they can do like a maple seed express. Mm-hmm. And you can come in for 20 minutes. You do like a 10-minute warm-up, and then you do the MQT. And it has to be at a temperature of about 18 degrees. Overcast. What do you think? doesn't seem like too much to ask. No. Hmm? Do you need a back massage too while you're shooting, yeah. or uh, no, snacks no. in between? No, no. princess. We'll a, a pre-recorded uh, ASMR track to play in your headphones. <laughs> Maybe some whale music playing in my ear <laughs> while, while I was shooting. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I'm liking the whale music. I don't yeah. know if I'd want to shoot to whale music. Actually, Maybe. I would. Maybe yeah. you could almost you could probably time it for your cadence. Maybe a um, a cool <laughs> towel on my neck in the pro position. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was someone just a... fanning you beside you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so did you want me to peel your grapes for you too? No, no, that's not necessary. No, he did um, share. He did share his meat sticks with me. It was awesome. Yes, they were good. <laughs> yeah. We were we were handing out water to people. I say, have you peed yet? Yeah. Uh, they were very concerned about our well-being for sure. Yeah. And ask it's just, people. It's just a long day. We were we shot past five o'clock, did we not? No. You did not. Yeah, we did. No. I was there till after six. Yeah, that's because you stayed and helped clean up. Thank you so much for that as well. Oh, my pleasure. But um oh okay. I thought it was we close. were done by five. Okay. Um well, we I was I was five. done. I was done at like two. Like not five. The pace of the day was it was slow. I was hoping to get in three MQTs, but we weren't able to. And it's just because I don't every, think a everybody one, was slow. Third one wouldn't have helped me. I, I could have done no. fifty MQTs at that no. point. And, and I, 
And there was talk about, you know, shooting a little longer. I'm going, no, everybody's actually, everybody's toast because I saw it in the second um, MQTs. The scores were all going down. All going down. Yeah. yeah. I, hate, I hate seeing and, that. You and know then that's, that's at it. that point, I everybody was safe. And then after that, I'm going, mm, no, I know what everybody's going through right now. So I know we're going to call it right now at two. And good, you know, I'm just happy everybody was safe. And yeah, we'll we'll come back. Um, I'll just say to Adam, uh, yeah, I do. I do feel like I let you down. I no, let the show down. Didn't. No, I did. I did. I did. It was complete Listen. failure. No, it wasn't. In life, you, you either year. succeed or you fail, and then that's what happened. So it was failure. You did better than last time. That's it. Uh, that's, the only measure that I have, and that's, yeah, no. that's finishing four ninety nine out of five hundred. That doesn't matter. <laughs> If you're not first, you're last. Yeah, you know what they say? Yeah. Second place is first loser. It's exactly the same thing. No, you should Never. come out west. You should come do a maple seed out here. We'll pass What's the you. weather going to be like in this Kananaskis place? Uh, it's going to be uh, fantastic. It's definitely not going to be chances of thunderstorm, 40%. <laughs> okay. uh, it's going to be like, you know, 20, not 24 20? with thunderstorms. 20? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What time do we plan on doing the MQTs? Maybe um, 1.30, 2 o'clock? Yeah, yeah, around yeah, there. Okay. We're gonna be done the whole thing by four. Excellent. Mm-hmm. It's only a thirty-six hour drive. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> if I leave now, I could be there on time. <laughs> For you, you're in Montreal, so yeah, it's forty. Well, there's hour always drive. the Grand Prairie one in that. There's, there's more mm-hmm. than yeah. just yeah. can ask us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The next one's gonna be completely based on weather. That's. <laughs> you can, why don't you come out? Why don't you come out to our October one? I'm pretty sure it's not going to be, be 40 good. degrees. I don't know. I'm oh, stop. I'm not ready yet. It's going to it's gonna take a while to get over this. So. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you did great. Stitzville in October. That's absolutely right, Greg Susie. We'll see, Greg. We'll see. I'll save you a spot. I'll even comp it for you. Now, what are you going to say? Ooh. Uh, now you just- have to. Can I just yeah. do the MQT at the at the beginning, and then <laughs> yeah. if it goes well, then I'll stick around, and if it doesn't, I'm just going to leave and be done with it. Yeah. No, it won't. You need to get warmed up. All right. You need at least the warm up. If you could start at the positional, like the standing, start there. Okay. <sighs> I also I also did it without a sling. Did I tell you that part? Did I leave that part out? Yeah, he was getting frustrated with. I the was sling. getting frustrated says, with. I'm the done. Sling. I'm not going to do it. And then I gave so him my I, Kelly. I literally, look I literally chucked the sling sling behind. Okay, I'll do it. But I, I doing your own thing. Well, so Stop we it. We were close to a, a like a traditional rage quit. No, he was I almost stayed. See, that, that, like, yes, that, that makes the story even better. No, no, the sling, the sling quit. I didn't quit. I I kept shooting. So. Anyways, am I good? Did I talk about it? Oh, yes, Kelly. You went back to the sling, didn't you? Oh, I packed it up. I didn't use it after. No, no, but you used one of our slings. You wanted to use your sling. Yeah, but then no, that the for the MQTs, I didn't use the sling at all. So, oh well, there you go. I gave you one of slings, mine. Slings for maple cedar optional. No Shut one uses up. slings in that thing. Yeah. <laughs> but just a gimmick. They're just, yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just for show. <laughs> okay, serious. Next time you use my rifle like I told you to. Okay. All um right. all right. Uh thank you for the opportunity and uh 
Have a good evening. What did, no. did you use? The, the, what, what gun did you use? Ten twenty two voodoo. Yeah, the, the great yeah, that ten twenty two great birch. Great the, birch. The rifle was awesome. It didn't malfunction at all. It was like it was excellent. Cool. Still, so, William's right. I am going to stop talking. So I'm done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to get into the main topic here as our guest has arrived. Sweet. So, get this layout going here. And welcome, John Murray, to tell us all about tattoo games. How you doing, John? Good. How you guys doing? Good. Good. So, we wanted to have you on to just get the competitor's viewpoint, and I wanted to see hear from somebody coming from like a three gun background, and just I know a lot of people, especially in Canada, haven't heard of the tattoo games. So, why don't you actually? First off, tell us your background. Uh, well, thanks for having me on the show, first off. And uh, yeah, I'll be glad to share anything I can with you. This is only going to be my second year currently competing in <clears throat> the tactical games. Uh, but I was aware of it when it came out uh, probably in 2019 or so. Um, it just took me a couple of years to get into it as I was busy shooting other disciplines. Um, so my background is uh, I'm a sergeant with a state police agency and have been for 26 years. Um, I'm a firearms instructor for our agency and I armor a lot of different weapons and uh, have been on our one of our tactical units for about nine and a half years and work with a lot of plainclothes units on the street and stuff like that, uh, as well as uniform patrol. Um, and I started competing in 1997 when I came on the police force doing police events. And that just kind of snowballed into USPSA pistol and then the three gun in the early 2000s, 2005, 2006, around there and uh, has spread into other things. I've dabbled a little bit in PRS, um, some gas gun precision stuff, and uh, now into the tactical games, uh, three gun, two gun. Uh, so the pandemic kind of curbed a lot of three gun for me and pushed me towards two gun. The shotgun slow or shotgun ammunition became hard to get uh, down here. So, um, but uh, still shoot some three gun, shoot a lot of two gun, and uh, I'm really focusing on the tactical games currently because uh, I'm an active person and uh, I like to spend a, a lot of times doing the things I like, shooting rifles and pistols, and you know, exerting myself physically, whether it's working out or just accepting a challenge that's laid in front of me. Okay. Uh, well, and on that, why don't you uh, tell us what is the tactical games? Like, what does it break down to? Uh, so the tactical games, from what I've learned from it, came about in about 2019, 2018, 2019. Some former military guys got together. They wanted to see who, who could shoot the best, who was the fittest, or uh, basically uh, shooting under stress. Um, and that kind of evolved, and they saw a niche to deliver that to the public and where the tactical games came about. Uh, it, it's pretty much shooting and combined with some sort of fitness, elevated heart rate, um, stress induction on the body, um, trying to do things that diminish your strength in, in your shoulders and your arms and your hands, and obviously your lungs. 
and then seeing how you perform on targets at, at different distances. Pistol targets could be anywhere from five, seven to up to 18 or 20 yards and with mm-hmm. an occasional longer shot. I know in Texas, we shot some uh, 10 inch steel, probably about 40, 40, 35 yards last year. Uh, and then the rifle targets can be anywhere from um, 65 to maybe just over a hundred yards on paper and then out to steel, we've shot out to 500 yards on steel. Uh, so you throw in a workout component where you're taxing the body, stressing it out and going into that oxygen deprivation zone. And then you're picking up a weapon, you're trying to shoot precision targets. So uh, a typical target for a pistol array would be a, a, a target that would have two, three or four, four to six inch triangles on it, or maybe a four to six inch circle. And each iteration during the course of fire on that stage, you would have to deliver X amount of rounds into each one of those uh, target areas. And that's where your points would accumulate. A miss outside of that target area adds 10 seconds to your time. So you could see how accuracy is important and you could be super physically fit, but if you're not delivering rounds on target, you're going to get beat by somebody who can shoot uh, if, if they're a little bit slower than you. Yeah, that's a lot of focus on precision there. Holy. And 500 meter shots is uh, is no joke. Are you guys using like uh, ARs for that kind of thing? Yeah, the, the platforms that we're using is, uh, so pistols are, there's a myriad of different types of pistols you can use. In 2023, they just went to using red dot sights on the pistols in all divisions except for the elite. Um, and, like, and the rifles are, you can use a red dot with a magnifier. You can use a LPBO, uh, but it's just one magnified optic. You could run this backup set of offset irons or something like that, but you can't have an offset red dot and a uh, magnified optic. So it's one optic choice. And then if you have backup irons, you can have those as well. Um, and you see everybody running a gamut of red dots with magnifiers to one to fours, one to sixes, one to eights, and one to tens. Um, so it's, it's a pretty good cross section of all the different types of optics you can run on those platforms. And we see a lot of, uh, shooters or competitors that are, some are shooting 12 and a half inch pistol, uh, carbines, right. In, in two, two, three, um, I run a 16 inch AR platform, uh, for Patriot Ordnance Factory. And, uh, I'm running an intermediate gas link system on that 16 inch barrel. Um, and I'm running a proof barrel on that gun to try and pull a little bit more actually out wherever I can. And I run a one to 10 vortex razor, uh, on my rifle for my optic. So what, yeah, what's your sure. rifle coming into in for weight then? Uh, I really haven't weighted, but I'm a big guy. Uh, Kyle, you know me, I'm six foot four, <laughs> about 235 pounds. Um, so a, a half a pound here and there doesn't bother me too much. I, I could see that um, a smaller shooter it, it might have an issue with. Uh, however, the, the games does have a weight component that is very important. Uh, all male competitors have to wear a plate carrier that weighs a minimum of 15 pounds. And all females have to wear a 12-pound minimum weight plate carrier. And for most of the stages, you have to retain and carry your gear with you throughout 
the, uh, the course of fire. Um, if it's a movement up and down range, there's usually a firing line. Uh, your pistol will stay holstered on you. Your rifle will be laid in the tray at the firing line. So competitors using slings are not flagging people as they're doing the work with the weights and not having to worry about their rifles in that sense. So it's, it's safe pointing down range. Uh, so it's a lot safer for everybody as well. So is there, so with competitors without a sling, is there like a, a time compensation for that for like kind of even it out from the people who do have slings or is it just kind of slings are pretty much mandatory when you uh when you show up to an event you, you have a, a check-in period and in that check-in period they they look at your pistol and make sure that it adheres to the requirements they look at your rifle uh and, and the rifle needs to have a bird cage type uh, muzzle device, you can't have any compensators. Um, and then they look at your optics and things like that and make sure that you have a sling on it because there are times where you have to sling that rifle to uh, take with you to an event and you're going to be carrying it for a while. Um, some state, some matches I've been to, we've broken our rifles down and put them in rucks and carried them. Other events I've been to, we have slung the rifle and took it with us on a long run. So the sling is a, is a good uh, additive to the system and it's, you know, in the name tactical game. So uh, most tactical rifles have a good sling on them that you can use to help you shoot and obviously carry your gear so you can keep your hands free for other work. What kind of running like are you guys doing? Is this like because uh, there's a couple of different uh, like two gun games where they're like there's a lot of running, like not marathon, but like some good runs in between. Are you guys doing like a, a bunch of like a couple of kilometers? Uh, yeah, there is some running. There are some running gun events in the U.S. that are, that are coming really popular right now, where they're doing 10Ks and, and stuff like that. And, and you know, they'll spread out five or six stages mm-hmm. throughout that 10K. It's a little bit different than the tactical games. Uh, a, a typical match that I've seen at the tactical games is there's six stages. Um, I'll, I'll just I'll just say this: there's three stages on day one, and there's three stages on day two. Uh, those are shooting and and workload stages combined together. Uh, there is also what they call a floater stage and an aggregate stage. Where there's um, the one of those will be just a straight work component where you're, you're lifting uh, heavy sandbags or you're doing some workload with just work, and then the other is just a strict shooting component. Uh, whether it's uh, we've seen things like El Prez's with El Presidente's with a pistol and then transition to rifle and do El Presidente rifle. Um, and then we've seen other shooting aggregates where it's it's just a shooting base system, but it's a very short, very quick type of scenario where they can put you, run you through it and give you a score. Uh, and it's shooting only. And then the other one is typically, like I said, run, running a weight or something. Um, let's see what else. Well, what type of like physicals of it? You're talking about lifting sandbags and, and stuff. What can a person expect on the on the physical exertion side of it? Oh well, I guess that kind of depends on what division you sign up for. So they have they have several divisions, both in men's and female division. So the elite division is is the their highest level, or where you would see the the most physical component, where um, all the stages 
all the shooting is the same for all divisions and all the workload is the same for all divisions. The only difference is, is what division you sign up for determines how much weight you move during that workload. So the intermediate division would be the beginner division. Then there's the tactical division, which is the next step up. And then there would be the master's 40 plus division, the master's 50 plus division, and then the elite division. Uh, they also have a teams component where you can do co-ed or same-sex teams as well. Um, but let's just say the intermediate division on a, on a particular stage would have a 45-pound workload that they were working with. Uh, the next division, it might be 95 pounds, um, the, you know, and so on and so forth, where the elite division might be moving 135 to 185 pounds. Um, so that's where you find a lot of those typical high-end athletes that are very physical and um, tied into those workload communities. Uh, I don't want to use the term CrossFit, but maybe they're they're big into the functional movements of of working out where they're used to that type of stuff. Whether it's overhead carries, um, front rack carries, um, moving a, a a yoke on your shoulders to a certain position, uh, doing burpees. There's just a, a ton of different functional movements they do in these events. Do they still do uh, rope climb every everyone? I know they used to, but I had heard that they had rope climbs at some of their matches, uh, but I had yet to see one. I think as the sport progressed, I think they saw the liability with with hazard with athletes getting extremely tired, uh, and then obviously climbing the rope and then possibly falling and having an ankle injury or something like that. So I have not seen a rope climb yet since I started competing last year. I wouldn't mind it. I like rope climbs, but I also understand the liability of, you know, having somebody get an injury as well. So it's kind of nice to see that they're looking out for the athletes. Right. Yeah, that was going to be another question. Cause I see a lot of stuff from like say three years ago for videos on tactical games and what it is, what to expect. And I was kind of wondering how it's kind of changed in the last three years from what it was. Uh, I've seen some videos from years ago where they were carrying military jerry cans full of sand or, or something like that. I think a lot of the equipment has progressed as well. Some of the jerry can stuff that, that we just did recently in Utah, uh, it was a canvas bag style jerry can with with a, with a with a strap handle on it, right? So it was a little bit more, maybe a little bit more less awkward, but still weighed the same. So I think they're evolving some of the equipment to make it more functional for the events. Uh, and we, we are, we do move a lot of sandbags. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just a, a nature of the beast. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the equipment has changed and gotten better for the competitors. I think a lot of it too is easier to set up and move and carry around the U S too, which is, is part of that. Okay. You obviously you're out there for all day. You said you have like three stages in one day. How much time would you say you have in between? Like, do you actually have a decent break between all this working out kind of stuff? Yeah, you do. Um, typically the morning brief is going to be just after sun, sun up, um, or right, right at gray light. Um, and, uh, they break you up into groups and they, they, they put you with other competitors in your division. So you, um, when you go to shoot a stage, there's going to be five lanes and there's a competitor in each lane. So you're side by side with each other. You're not rubbing elbows, but you're, you're all on the same line. Right. Um, so they, they tend to put you in, 
in, in groups of five in your division. So they're not having to change weights mid-stroke for somebody in your lane that's running a heavier or a lighter division. And you might be in a block of five to 10 squads of five that are all in your division. And you're able to run all those weights and then they would change for the next group, whether it was lighter or heavier, depending on their division. Uh, and then they would, once you would get that figured out in the morning, you would have your first stage time set. And once you finish your stage and that stage could be anywhere from 12 to 24 minutes from what I've seen and experienced. And then you would probably have an hour and a half to two hour break before your next stage, which is good because you can go stretch out, hydrate, uh, if you have to put some nutrients in the body, a lot of it, it's, it's, a, it's a long, it's a long process. It's a long haul. Um, and if you don't take care of yourself, you'll be suffering by the end of the day for sure. Well, yeah. 24 minute stage. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are, those are pretty fun. So, uh, and then there's, uh, they, they typically have a, a long run stage. Um, which is combined with something, whether it's uh, a six to eight minute or a, a six to eight minute stage followed up by a long run stage after, or maybe like um, in Utah, we just recently had, we had a, a long rifle stage. So we shot a bunch of close paper with the rifle, uh, went up to a shooting position, went prone off the mag, shot out the 500, cleared the weapon, went back to the firing line and then left on our 3.2 or 3.3 mile run with our gear on. Uh, and then you come back to the finish and they give you your time. So that would be your time for, they would break off your shooting stage for long rifle would be say your, your aggregate. And then the other part of the stage would be your long movement, your long uh, run. Okay. So how many competitors at like a single match? You typically see about, uh, about 200 competitors, 175 to 200 competitors in a match. Wow. Um, it, it, I don't think you could run more people than that through a two day match because you're literally on the range from sunup till dark every day. Um, and, and nationals was no exception. Uh, nationals last year was my first nationals, uh, in the tactical games. I finished third in, in the 40 plus division, but I got to hand it to those guys day one we started in the dark and we ended in the dark and on day one we had three separate venues we had to go do stages at one of them was uh, a four and a half mile run in a park in texas and then we had to go to the range and shoot two or three stages and then that night we went to a crossfit gym and did um a herd bike a rowing and a ski erg event that evening. So we, we started at six thirty in the morning. We were done at ten o'clock. Oh. Wow. So but it's it's a lot of fun. You gotta enjoy a little bit of culture, right? Uh speaking of venues, have you ever been to the South Carolina one? I know I was watching some videos and it's what is this an abandoned nuclear facility and you actually shoot in the facility? It's on my list. <laughs> there's there's definitely some venues anywhere that I can shoot, you know, at, at different, you know, angles where it's uh, well, not just linear. We're actually shooting dimensional down into stuff or up into stuff. That would be awesome. But uh, yeah, that that event um, d- doesn't sync with some things I have going on in September. I think it's in September or July. It's coming up soon. Um, but uh, 
yeah, it's on my list. Hopefully next year I'll be able to get out there and do that. Yeah, I was just watching videos and that just looks so cool to be, be able to shoot there. Uh, anybody else have any questions they want to ask? No, it seems uh, it seems really hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> I think you'd sleep you'd sleep good after one of these. <laughs> what about prepping for it? How do you train for it? How do you get ready for it? Uh, I I think everybody kind of has their own how they get ready for it. I mean, I'm a big trial by fire guy. Um, mm. I, I I stay fairly fit anyways because of my job and what I do. Um, yep. So my, my my typical regimen is uh, seven days a week. I I either run bike or hike. Um, and then five days a week I hit the gym. So that's, that's how I kind of break that up. Um, but, uh, at the gym, you know, it's, it's a lot of lifting weights and, and a lot of it's just trying to get, get lean and create that strength without bulking up for me. Um, and, uh, the cardio and the running and stuff is, helps get my, my, uh, heart rate in my threshold to, yeah. to stay lower when you know my fellow competitors if we're competing on the line and i mean i, I have a big fault kyle knows this like i, I always tell myself I can't pace myself on this one i'm going to run this about 80 85 percent and then the buzzer goes off and it's zero to 100 um, <laughs> I, it's all or nothing with me and that's just the way it is if, if, uh, yeah. but uh you know my goal is to i want to if that's if that's how i'm going to operate then I want to be able to keep my heart rate low the whole time. So I can guarantee those hits on target. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice when you go out and, and you're hammering stuff and you finish shooting and they go pull your targets and they, they count all your hits. And you know, the guy next to you is like, how many misses did you have? Well, I had six. How many did you have? I had 17. Okay, well, cool. I, I feel good about my shots then. Right. Um, but it, everybody has to like, I guess you gotta, you know, do your work, I guess, and stay in your lane and know what your potential is. Because if I try and compete with the guy next to me, that's just blowing me out of the water. I can't, I gotta, I gotta run my game. I can't really run there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if he's, and, and there's, there's a lot of strategy involved in this. You know, I've, I've had some, some guys come to me and say, Hey, you know what? I, I, I watched this, this next stage. And I just don't think I have the gas to get through all four iterations. What would you recommend? I told this one gentleman, I said, well, what I would do is I would shoot really slow then and guarantee all my hits and, and get through your three iterations and get all your hits. Mm. And he did that. And when he finished, he said, you know, I beat half the guys on my squad that, that rushed to finish the four iterations and were, were ripping shots and not really concentrating on the shots. Yeah. He ended up beating their scores because he had better hits. Yeah. So, something to think about. Uh, for someone brand new getting into it, uh, I mean, you were saying you, you keep fit and so it just works with your lifestyle, but for someone new coming into it, do you have any metrics that you could just throw out that for a, a person to maybe not win, but just to ensure that they have a, still have a decent time that they should be able to physically do or whatnot? Is yeah. There anything? I mean, <clears throat> I mean, if you're, if you're just sort of physically fit, so I think if somebody was, uh, you know, let's start on the low end. You know, if somebody walks their dogs three to four miles a day, five days a week, that you're getting some sort of cardiovascular work and you're getting some sort of workload in there. But being able to um, do some functional movements, like being able to, to, to do some squats or maybe some push-ups and, and lift some, you know, kettlebells, um, 
and get some of that work done on the shoulders and upper body and stuff like that. Cause you're going to see a lot of lifting in these events. Um, and it just, and, and a lot of it is going to be not in perfect conditions because your heart's already jumping out of your chest when you're trying to lift these things. And it's, you know, I, I got, I got a nice dose of humble pie at national last year. Um, one of the events we did, which they're known for is called the heavy Inman, and it's lifting these strongman sandbags and you lift, you lift three and they're in progressive weight over a bar that's four or five feet tall. And it's usually five reps, three reps, one rep. And then you take the, the, the lightest bag and you run down range with it, drop it, shoot your iteration, carry it back. And then you move that one out of the way. And then you just bump up another weight. So now you're eventually you get to your, your fourth and fifth iteration and you're, you've got this 200 plus pound sandbag and you can't breathe and you're trying to lift it over a bar. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty hard. It gets, you know, it gets pretty hard, but yeah, I think if you're just, you know, physically fit, you're used to working in an uncomfortable environment uh, where your body's hurting and you, you're having a hard time breathing. If you can get comfortable with that and you can still guarantee your shot, I think you're going to be just fine mm. because I, I would still state that I, I believe that, you know, you have to have some sort of fitness, but if you're a shooter and you take a shooter that is, can work in an uncomfortable environment and can build a shooting platform uh, on the fly to guarantee their hits. They're going to do much better than somebody that's struggling with their, their weapon system and they, they can't build a good position. They can't, you know, repeat that shot that they take, right? It's, it's, it's the consistency, but it's the repetitive consistency of knowing when to take that shot. Right. Mm. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, I think it gives people a, an idea. Uh, I got, one other one, I and mean, we talked the other night, and uh, the uh, the community, the competition. What is that like? Is it like you what you would like a stereotypical gym rat or military like screw you and just hardcore? Or what's uh what's the typical thing there? Uh, no, everybody I've encountered these events are are fantastic. Um, I I would say that I've offered my guns to people that are complete strangers that if I, if I'm not shooting, like in their gun goes down, I'll, I'll fix their gun on the, on the tailgate of my truck and put parts in it on my part kits. I have to get it running. So these guys can finish. Um, Hey, if you need to borrow a gun, take mine and I'll fix yours. Or if I, you know, they can, whatever they need guys, I own people magazines, whatever we can do. And they have a little community site on Facebook and people are willing to help other people out. You know, I, I remember reading some post about somebody who was coming from the North down to an event and they said, yeah, I don't have this, or I, 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 there was some limitation on magazines or something. And somebody volunteered. Yeah. If you're going to this event, I'm going to be there. Uh, look me up. I'll bring some extra magazines that you can use while you're at the event. Um, and the tactical games has a component where when you sign up for a match, you can order your ammunition at the met and pay for it when you sign up. And then when you get to the event, your ammo's there waiting for you. So they try to accommodate everywhere where they can. And I mean, people are gracious in this community with sharing stuff. And on the strategic side, like I've always believed that there's no secrets in this game. If Kyle and I are competing together and I think I've got something that might have an edge over him and he asked me, how are you going to do this? I'm going to tell him straight up because if it works for him and it's obviously going to work for me, I either want to lose or beat the best Kyle I'm shooting with. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. You've yeah. done that. We've squatted uh, together and yeah, we've discussed stage plans and everything before. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, and the, like I said, the community is really good. And then 
even while I'm competing side by side with the the people on my squad uh, and we're suffering together, you know, I, I'm a big talker. So I might talk to the guy in the lane next to me, hey, come on, man, you got to step up, you're doing great. While I'm doing work and dying, where I get to a target, I'm shooting my target, I see his, and, hey, man, you need to guarantee your hits. Let's get those points on that board. Come on, let's and try and push each other. And I think everybody's like that. I've never seen anybody not root everybody else on. It's, I mean, we're all suffering together, right? So we might as well enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, Let's, anything else? Oh, Kelly? Uh, so what is what has been your favorite match to go to? In the tactical games? Yeah. Or just a match in general? No, tactical games. You have to... So you've gone to the Nationals, right? Has that been your yes. favorite? Or has there been other matches that you've gone to that you just said, this is, I did so well, I loved it, people were great, the weather was perfect? I think it's I think it's hard to pin one down. So I would say Nationals thus far is my favorite, only because the events is it's it's three days. Yeah. So you you end up doing instead of doing um, six events in an aggregate and a floater on the weekend, you're doing nine events in an aggregate and a floater each you know each day. So you're you're basically shooting twelve events in three days, mm-hmm. and you're giving your all on everything. So when I got to Nationals, my thought was is well, let's see. Let's see how well this apple cart pulls together before the wheels fell off. Uh, and and I was able to manage it till it finished, right? So that was that was good. That's you know, good. I'm, I'm no spring chicken. I'm 50, but um, I know there's competitors out there that are much older than me that are out there and having fun doing it. And um, you know, it's it's just trying to take care of your body so it doesn't fall apart, so you can get through all this stuff. But all the venues, you know, I shot in uh, in uh, Texas last year as well. The scenery mm-hmm. was amazing. We were shooting on berms, grass, grass berms, which we don't have in Arizona. So we were shooting grass berms and shooting out in, in farm fields and running through um, ski trees in Texas um, to just recently in Utah in May. We're running through the painted cliffs of southern Utah and northern Arizona wow. on the border um, for our long run, which was beautiful. And I mean, where do you get that? I mean, and I, I just can't wait to go shoot on the East Coast where we have all this lush greens and you're shooting, you know, decommissioned nuclear test sites. Who doesn't want to do that? I mean, <laughs> there's just, there's so much. Sounds that, awesome. That, yeah. yeah. It's, there's so much to be for me to still see um, that. I think every one of them I go to is my favorite until the next one. And then that was my favorite <laughs> because it's an evolution, right? It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm a student of the game. So every time I go to one, no matter how good I do or whether I screw something up, I learn something. It's like, well, I know what I need to a either change in my workout regimen so I don't have that problem, or hey, mm-hmm. I need to I need to add this to my training with my weapon system so um, that I can you know tighten things up a little bit. What are you using for, for weapons firearms? Uh, so my my rifle is a, is a Patriot Ordnance Factory a Renegade Plus, okay, which is which is their sixteen inch uh, AR two two three platform, right. and then my pistol is a hand built by uh, Tactical Steel Customs out of Kansas City. It's basically based off of uh, a 2011, a custom 2011 setup with a red dot nice. side on it. So. Very nice. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> where'd you shoot, by the way, in Texas, where'd you shoot? Which, uh, where was it? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly, but Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Oh. 
Wakahachi. Yeah. So that, that's that's where their two day event was last year, and the nationals last year, which is their home range, yeah, was in Liberty, Texas, mm-hmm. which is just outside of Austin. Yeah. So that's uh, that's where their and nationals will be again there this year, and I'll be I'll be attending that as well. I've also got my uh, I, I won my seat there at Utah with my finish. So yeah, we had the guys on from Waco Tactical Fitness on. Um, how many years ago was that, Adriel? Probably. I think well, it's been a while. While back, yeah, yeah, it was 2017. I was, uh, I think it was. Um, but um, I went down to Waco and fabulous people. Um, but when we had them on, I know that a lot of people were saying, "Ooh, you know, running five kilometers or ten kilometers and shooting." No, you know, I do a hundred meter dash, and that's about it. So I actually think it's. It's it's something I would love to do. We don't do it here in Canada, though. We don't really have anything like this in Canada. I'd love to do it. I'd love to like, do it. Like John was saying, though, they make it easy because you can just order your ammo at the match and just bring your rifle and mm-hmm. pistol down. Yep. We need yeah, it here in Canada. Probably, yeah, these, Canada's probably got some beautiful terrain to do that type of thing, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> Canada Nexus this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adriel's going to uh, it's the Rockies so it's straight in the mountains yeah yeah <laughs> weather will be variable <laughs> <laughs> you can still run with your gun I'm not sure that uh, no Adriel's shaking his head though I don't want to do that sounds fun <laughs> but I want to do like at an event for it I would want to do it yeah. and blow my knee out no you don't want to do that no it's lots of fun though okay uh, okay John any Final advice for anyone looking to get into it? Uh, you know, just it, it. For me, I would say just go do it. You know, everybody might be nervous that they're not going to shoot with a friend or something, but you'll quickly realize that everybody there is there to help you, and mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a community, right? So, I mean, run what you brought. And it's a learning curve, you know, and strategize a little bit and play it to your strengths and weaknesses. If, if you don't think you can finish four or five iterations of the stage, which is, you know, and get a, a stop time and you're going to time out, then figure out how many you can do and make your shots count. Cause you'll be surprised how you finish out if you're shooting really good. Awesome. Well, if nobody has anything else. Thank you very much, John, for coming on and telling us all about time. the tactical games. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. You guys have a good evening. Thanks, too. Thank you. All right. Later. Bye-bye. Well, thank you again, John, for coming on. We'll get on with the rest of the show. So, upcoming events. That's right where we left off. Just jump mm-hmm. in, yeah. yeah. Wherever we left yeah. off, that's where that's yeah. what we're going to do for the show. Everybody did what they did. giving a confused look here, so. <laughs> what are you saying? That's normal. That's a normal look. upcoming events so for upcoming (laughs) events we have the cfs or canadian field sporting nationals and the bill brownlee challenge in grand prairie july 20th 23rd uh you check out block your club facebook page or contact the range for more info uh maple seats there lots of talk where they're happening are there any more being released or are they all released now no, there's more still being released. Always releasing yeah. more. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so you can 
go and check those out at mapleseedrifleman.com. Uh, if you're looking for a three-gun match, Adriel tries to keep uh, threegun.ca updated with all the matches going on around. Uh, you can check out ORA events on Practice Score. Uh, what is that? Ontario Rifle Association? Ontario uh-huh. Rifle Association, yep. <laughs> and uh, there was some talk. I uh, thought there might be a Ipsic match in Tabor, Alberta cancelled. Uh, BTSA is setting up an Ipsic-style match on th- Sunday this week. Black Badge is not required. PCC is allowed, and you can go uh, check out on Practice Score under BTSA. It'll be July 16th. Uh, or A is How long do you take? I'm going to keep adding events. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep reading them as you add them. Uh, ORA is having a sporting rifle match on July 22nd at CFE, CFB Borden. Uh, you can go check them out on practice score. Sweet. Yep. Is there any more, Adriel? No, that was it. That was it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to start putting match, uh, matches down here up there. No. <laughs> uh, we'll get on to the news. And... This was actually a while ago. I think we actually missed out on it, but uh, it's alarming nationally. Alert uh, seized over or nearly 100 3D printed firearms in Alberta. No, this this wasn't uh, old. This is fairly, this is July 5th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. 100 3D printed firearms in Alberta. What's the point of gun control when 3D printers are a thing? Yeah, the only unfortunate thing is now 3D printers and it just. How are you going to regulate 3D well, printers? You can 3D print it, a 3D it, printer. Yes, but they're talking files and everything. If you have files on your computer and yeah, well, just people have files for everything. And, it's yeah. like you, it, yeah, there's no way that they. Well, it's right back to the 80% lowers a chunk of aluminum, mm-hmm. a file on your computer. You haven't done anything with it, but you know. Mm-hmm. What if you use a VPN? Uh, All of a sudden, C11, C18, 3 Stop it. (laughs) Adriel. (laughs) Stop. Well, as soon as C11 and C17 or C18 start making my YouTube graphic, I'm using a VPN. Do you know that it's all in protection of Canada? Our government. It's to protect our cultural heritage. That's what they say about everything, yeah. We won't have as many French programs. That is correct. CBC programs. (laughs) What? Hmm. Please think about Shit's Creek. So, Shit's <laughs> Creek, yeah. I mean, well, Shit's Creek was okay, but yeah, it was pretty I didn't funny. Watch it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, me neither. <laughs> I like Corner Gas better. So, um, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> Have you actually watched Corner Gas? I don't think I've watched the CBC oh, yeah. show in like over a decade. We get it in the prison all the time. That's the only thing that comes on at lunch. <laughs> How, That's how very about, Canadian. How about beachcombers? Corner no. gas in the prison, yeah. Yeah, we're going to get beachcombers and, and uh, corner gas. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the heritage minister is from Quebec who was not born in Canada. I'm just saying, I'm not a racist or anything like that. I'm just going to shut up now. But the heritage, I think it's quite ironic. Isn't it ironic? Uh, isn't that a assault? Bit. Yeah, kind of of talks to what the what the government values, and uh, his comments on this file have been awful on on uh, C eighteen specifically. Um, That's has nothing to do with the thing I have up in front of us here. But uh, (laughs) the big battle going on with um, Meta 
and um, Twitter <clears throat> and Google. And yeah. yeah, this is just getting ridiculous. It's extortion. It's extortion yeah. so that um, it's the Canadian. It's uh, called capitalism. Innocent. Like, yeah, y- you know what? It's the same thing that's happened. I, I do know that. Okay. So little mom and pop newspapers, Kingston. Kingston had its own newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. It's now owned by a conglomerate here in Canada mm-hmm. because you know what? the newspaper couldn't compete and so it got bought out it's the exact same thing it is the exact same thing well you know and they're saying well we have to give you know whether it's well they don't have to give cbc kickbacks because the government's funding it but Mm -hmm. it's everybody else and essentially it is the government funding now when you think about c18 right because they're trying to force everybody else to give whether it's i don't know um Everybody. The National CBC, Post, CBC, Post Media, Toronto Star, Correct. Well, Toronto Star, and and, and Post Media. We're talking about merging because they're both losing money hand over fist right, right. now. They won't I, survive. Oh, without I know. The yeah. Well. Yeah. But that's it's, more of like a uh, a horse and buggy getting like like outclassed by the car. Like it's it's exactly. Like those, those businesses should merge, not because like I, I'm really anti-competitive, but I, I think that, uh, uh, sorry, not anti-competitive, competitive, but I don't think like those businesses <laughs> have any uh, hope of succeeding on their own. Like a small newspaper business can't make enough money to pay for the costs of printing no. or no. doing stuff online or paying journalists. So they do, they will have to merge and they will eventually all fail. I really am glad that I didn't get into journalism like I was planning to do. Would not have a job. By now, you'd be in blogging, and ChatGPT would be like creeping. I'd have to do job anyway. (laughs) Real hard. (laughs) (laughs) But like today, if 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 you look at a a CBC article or or a Natpo or a a lot of people, they use these uh, services. They use like. uh, the Canada Press, or the Canadian Press, yeah. or or Canadian Reuters, Press. or AP, or something like that. They'll be using someone else who, like, that's exactly. their whole job is just doing that kind of thing. So that at at that point, yes. what are you really subsidizing, or what are you really like paying for? Yeah, great. Anyways, Canadian that's uh, entirely not not another, unrelated. Another Canadian <laughs> heritage moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the spider one. Like the spiders are doing drugs. <laughs> oh, I smell burnt toast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll get on to the next news story, which is uh, more great news from Ontario. Uh, apparently, well, if you're what are we doing code, now? Uh, well, no, no, no. apparently, it, if, it, it, oh. it's from uh, uh, FOC. FOC is saying like, hey, we're uh, if you're buying ammo. Uh, and you're in northern Ontario, we can't ship you ammo. That's that's the longest story from FOC. I assume this is the same for many retailers mm-hmm. because northern Ontario is just um, not important. Not important to, to whatever, Canada Post or uh, UPS or whoever they're using to ship. Do you know for. how hard it is to deliver up to northern Canada or northern Ontario? I assume it's just all wilderness and bears and stuff. And Southern Ontario is uh, all Toronto and then Northern Ontario is just bears. Bears. What I find funny is Northern Ontario starts at the Great Lakes. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is that what people yeah. say? I don't know yeah. enough about the area, but I assume like anything uh, north of Sudbury. Yep. Okay. North right. of Timmins. Yep. Oh dear. <laughs> way up north. <laughs> That's way up north. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get moving on. Uh, we have a giveaway going on. Uh, SBI has donated a Lynx 180 match lower, lightly used by Adriel. And uh, get entered. All you have to do is donate at least $20 to this CCFR. Send us a screenshot of your receipt and you'll get entered. We also have a bonus entry. If you take a picture of a gun or yourself with a gun, post it to Instagram and tag us. You'll get yourself an extra entry and to win that. And the contest closes August 1st. And we'll get into more entries come through this week. Yeah, we've had yeah mm-hmm. some entries started coming in this week. I think uh, where are we at right now? We have eight entries in right now. Wow, Ooh, that's, that's pretty good odds. Good odds. So, good yeah, odds. still good uh, odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, get into new gun stuff. New gun stuff is brought to you by Bullseye North. Need a new boomstick? Bullseye North is Canada's shooting superstore and a proud supporter of the CCFR with wide selection of guns and top trending gear for any shooter. Free shipping over $200. Some exclusions apply like ammo and uh, or ammo if you live in Northern Ontario. Uh, subscribe to their <laughs> weekly newsletter to get first access to the hottest deals. Yeah. Just drive 30 minutes south and you're practically at Bullseye if you're in Northern yeah. Ontario, right? <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. Just drive out of, I just get a mailbox out of the P digits or what's P mean for you guys? Does that mean, is that like no no man's land? Okay. Yeah. So just someplace else. And when you're going to someplace else, you're going to need some, uh, some clothing for it. Uh, Bullseye North has 30% off women's bad land clothing. So if you're looking for some camo or some tight tights or good camo, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, if this is that what Ontario looks like, this this pattern here, not that one. This one, <laughs> that one? yes, that looks yes. good. Oh, exactly that like good. that. Yeah, like yeah. a snake, snake willing to like jump out and kill a deer. Anyways, they got that stuff on sale. Uh, moving on. This was actually announced um, last week, but I only saw it briefly, and I didn't know if it was a thing or not. But uh, Turnian, Turnian, is that how you pronounce that? Turnion, Turnion, sounds right. Turnion. Turnion, they're making some 870s. They're they're making some like Gucci 870s. They're built on the Remington 870 platform. Yep. Uh, they're doing some stuff to it. Um, they're trying to pimp out the 870s. So they've got some with like a red dot on them. They've got some pumps with uh, ghost ring sights and Picatinny rail and receiver. Um. Yeah, your standard Gucci eight seventy. I would say. What's the price? The, the prices on there? Let's, let's go find out right now. Shop. That's you better want to shop. Actually, I don't. I'm very cheap. Uh, firearms. <laughs> oh, they got some knurled stuff. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Eight seventy. Which one? Which one, Mo? Which one's calling to you? Uh, one to the left. That one. Yes. With the pistol grip. Okay. Yes, with the pistol grip. Oh, it's zero dollars. It's free. It's free. Nice. Uh, I will order one right now. <laughs> okay. It might say notify when available. So I might have to go back and pick oh. another one, another one here. Oh, you can say it's coming head. soon. Oh. 
doesn't have that one. Oh, they're all coming soon. Okay. I don't get it. Uh, they're coming soon. They're introducing it, but it's not available yeah. yet. Okay. Pre-order only. Anywho, uh, let's get on to something that you can order right now. That's also a shotgun. Uh, Western Metal has the Sour uh, SL5 three-gun semi-automatic shotgun. Sweet. It's a little pricey. It's $1,930. $1,930. With pistol grip. With a pistol grip, which you wouldn't really normally see in three-gun because normally when you reload, you're popping it under your arm or you're popping it up. You don't want that crap in the way of loading. Uh, J.P. Sour and Son. Uh, never heard of them. I've never heard. You know, I added this, and I was hoping you'd like call that out, Kyle, because uh, I've never heard of these guys either. And when they were saying it's a three gun shotgun, it's nineteen hundred bucks. So I was like, oh my god, this better be a Gucci Benelli, <laughs> and it's not. Hmm. Where is this made? Is this made in the U.S. or is this made in? Benelli Creo Plus for the shotgun choke. I don't actually know where this mm. is made. I don't know anything about this. It might be cool. It might not. It does look know. like it's that, Benelli clone. Yeah, the foreign looks like a, a Benelli clone. But why would a Benelli clone be nineteen hundred bucks? Because well, I know that there's some of the Turk, Turkish yeah. uh, Benelli clones are are out. They're not nineteen hundred bucks though, even with all the extra stuff on them. Yeah, I don't know if I would have necessarily advertised this as a three-gun shotgun. I'd be uh, interested to see the load it's got a three point, on that. A three plus one. That's got to be good for three-gun, right? Yeah, and 18, 18 and a half inch barrel. Mm-hmm. You know, well, that would be okay if it's got chokes. It's got. Oh, a yeah, you got to choke up. Yeah. It's got a turkey choke. That's for... <laughs> If you gotta hammer the ever living fuck out of a subvertical spinner, <laughs> you put in the turkey choke. Boom! That thing's going over. <laughs> oh, it says made in Italy. Oh, okay. 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 Well, yeah, weird. So, like, I, I have no, I have no information on this thing. I thought I'd pull it up because it's it's like very well, weird. Not something I'd see normally. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, that's the thing. Speaking of weird things I found on CGN, uh, Juan Stalls has a rapier surface-to-air missile system for thirty-five grand. Nice. Wow. Okay. I saw it on CGN. I'm like, this is going to be a joke. I'm going to click on this. Wow. No. No, it is. Nope. The, the missiles are dummy. Can you use Sezzle to, to buy that? Who's <laughs> the offer overnight shipping? Uh, Not if you live in Area P. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, that's a shame. Proceed to (laughs) checkout. Oh, it's going to let me. Oh, okay. Wow. Total 39. uh, Yeah, the taxes are. No, no, no. I'm not in BC. I don't got to pay that. Oh, yeah. Boy, this this is something you'd want to buy in Alberta and then just drive it to your house. (laughs) (laughs) Just to save on the PST. Holy crap. That is something. uh, if you'd be looking for that perfect lawn ornament, <laughs> Watt Stalls has it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Canada's like gun it. store has the, uh, sorry, go ahead, Cal. So I, I like it. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, you it, put it right next to the gnomes on the, on the front yard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Canada's gun store has a CZ 600 trail in two, two, three. This is a Remington, uh, 10 R cool 16 inch. So this is a, a bolt action rifle. Uh thirteen forty nine. Looks very light and fast. Mm-hmm. 
uh, sorry guys, I picked all weird guns uh, today and I didn't even realize it, but uh, uh, Sylvester's Sporting Goods out in Bonneville, they have the Gunworks Nexus 6.5 PRC 20 inch. This is like a carbon fiber, super lightweight Gucci gun, yeah. 7,500 bucks, but like the stock and the barrel and everything looks lightweight on this thing. What's the light on this thing? Weight on this thing. It's got to be like seven pounds, two ounces with a 20 inch barrel, seven pounds. Four. That's not even that light. I was expecting a lot lighter, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the standard Savage Axis is like six and a half. This is probably stiffer. It's probably way stiffer with that big aluminum chunk along the bottom here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, your integrated pick rail on the, on the front there for, oh, and a little is leather. Is that pick oh. and arca rail? Uh-huh. It sure is. Nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. The leather wrapped bits over here. Yeah. Like, whoo. <laughs> yeah, your leather wrapped cheek pad and uh, pistol grip. Yeah. 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 Doesn't even have a backup camera, though. Moving on. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've been looking at vans recently. Canada's Gun Shop uh, out in Calgary. They've got some of the Nosler rifles. These are also fancy rifles. These are around 3500 bucks. Also, mm-hmm. they got carbon fiber everything and very, very nice setup. They got them in 300 Win Mag. Uh, 308 and 65 Creedmoor, of course. Nice. Right around the 22 to 24 inch barrels. Uh, they are threaded uh, muzzles, so you can put on mm. um, I don't know, a brake, blow out your ears. Nothing <laughs> for a 65. I would put nothing on there. But uh, these are mo- the Model 21s. Uh, so if you're looking for something that's lightweight and uh, very fancy, they've got the 6.8 pounds. Nice. This one's from Tony. He noticed that Cabela's had the Frankfurt Arsenal Platinum Series rotor, rotary brass tumbler uh, light on for one nineteen. So that's a pretty decent price. That's about fifty uh, percent off, forty percent off. If you're looking to do that pin tumbling kind of thing, this will hold three hundred pieces of two two three brass and a bunch of stainless steel pins to give it that nice squeaky clean look. Nice. Also from Tony, uh, Tendikana has the CCI Blazer Brass 9mm, uh, 115 grain for uh, 740 for 2,000 rounds. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, one of the other gun stores I noticed was doing a moving sale. I think they had cheaper Remington. FOC? Uh, Soli? Soli Outdoors? Soli Outdoors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Soli Outdoors had had 9mm Remington for 350 so... Pretty good still, but that's temporary. Tendo might have that sale on for the whole month. And that's everything. Good and stuff. And that's it. Cool. Okay, that's can you find something that. to top? Yeah. Next hmm? week. Next week. Next cool. week, I yeah. would like you to actually find me a howitzer. A howitzer. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay, I will. Yeah. I know you will. I know you will. <laughs> Nuclear warhead. Yeah. Mm, yeah well, that's getting bad. crazy now. <laughs> and he's spreading it down. And howitzer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's going to have it in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll save it for next no. week. Next week. Okay. Uh, we'll get into listener feedback. And we had a message on Facebook from uh, Link Canuck. Uh, Mo, did you want to read that? Yeah, just He's trying to, yeah. Yeah, Uh, From Link. uh, Good evening, Slamfire guys and 
guys and gal. I spent this week in Calgary at the Stampede from Ontario. I wore my CCFR firearms rights or human rights. I got so many compliments, and some people even asked to get a picture with a real cowboy. For reference, I'm a farmer and have, wor have worked cows my whole life, so they were not wrong in their assumption. Loving my time in Alberta and Calgary, and I'm going to check out the Calgary Shooting Center before going back to Ontario. Keep it classy, everyone. Mm -hmm. Good night, Kelly. Aw. Well, good night to you, too. You're listening right now. Are <laughs> you watching? Are you trying to? Yeah, he's in, he said he was in Lake Louise and he was trying to. Yeah. Yeah. So did you did, did anybody else know this that Mike's in German Mike's he's his Sauer's German. Yes, it is. Uh that he's here in Ontario. Well, he did mention that in the chat, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just yeah. catching up. Welcome, Mike. Yeah, welcome to welcome to the center of the universe. Yeah. Better Canada. Yeah. Greater Canada. <laughs> yeah. No, isn't that the real Canada? Uh, we're just Texas light up here in Alberta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good for you. <laughs> and proud of it. Yeah, uh, it should be. Um, we do have an email from Tony. Uh, Adriel, did you want to read that one? Swine's hitting me strong, but I'll give my best shot. <laughs> I'm fire crew. Sorry, I have a long essay again for today. I didn't oh, Tony, writing when I was in school. <laughs> Recently, I've made a purchase from Tenda Canada, and the order involved a discounted gift card and the best price guarantee. I had a mixed experience with them, and I hope I can help some Slamfire listeners away from inconvenience by sharing my experience. Okay. The order started as a normal order with a part paid by discounted gift card I purchased earlier in the year, and the rest paid by credit card. Mm -hmm. a, few, uh, a few days later, I noticed a competitor offering a better price on one of the items, and the item is in stock. So I emailed Tenda for a price match. The Tenda employees replied, prompting, and informed me that in the terms and condition, price match purchase could not be paid by gift discounted gift card purchased from the promotion. Seemed odd to me as the gift card uh, store page says, no expiry date, use anytime in store and online with no mention of conditions may apply. I replied back as asking if I could pay the gift card amount with a credit card, effectively paying the entire order via credit card. The Tenda employee agreed as a one-time exception, but informed me that I would need to pay for shipping as the competitor does not offer free shipping. And for Tenda, the best price guarantee is an Apple-to-Apple -Apple policy. I find that a bit strange as I haven't seen any stores asking to match the shipping cost when doing a price match, but I agreed to the arrangement. The shipping cost was set to be $23.96. Again, odd to me as Tenda offers flight rate shipping at $30. So I inquired again, and my Tenda contact told me it is the Shipping cost from the competitor's website to my address. Yeah, that's good on them. But the competitor includes shipping insurance in their shipping cost. I've already paid extra for shipping insurance with Tenda. So I emailed again. After a few conversation exchanges, the Tenda employee... Tony! Tony! Shipping insurance cost. <laughs> credits where credit's due. Tenda did come through with the correct prices in the very end. But it was less than a pleasant experience going back and forth for the few dollars. I guess it would have been an overall negative experience otherwise. I just wish Tendus policies would be a bit more clear and a bit more customer friendly. The summary would be the discounted gift cards are a great deal, but be sure to use them on items you do not need to price match. I've confirmed with the Tendus contact that, that regular sale prices still applies when using gift cards, but that is not clear on the website either. 
And I guess shout out to podcast affiliate sponsor Cabela's. I had zero issues with their customer support and they did the right things every time in my experience with no questions asked. Thanks for the show as always. Best regards, Tony from Calgary, Alberta. That was quite the ordeal. Mm-hmm. I've used wow. the Cabela's price match at Cabela's yeah. and uh, shipping didn't come into it. <laughs> <laughs> can I get this thing at this price? And they're like, Ugh, yeah, I guess, but sounds involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way too involved for me. I'm just going, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. Yeah. Whatever it is. Tony's nope. grinding for those deals. I, I appreciate that. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. You gotta grind for those deals. I'm, I'm horrible though, because like I'll, I'll, I'll be pissed off if a friend of mine buys something at like $10 more. I'm like, no, you could have got it cheaper over here. When it's like, I wouldn't care about that stuff at all. If it was like something from home Depot versus Lowe's or something like that, just for gun stuff, just for gun stuff. Am I just the (laughs) tightest, cheap, tight wad ever? Mm -hmm. I appreciate you, Tony. I appreciate what you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get into uh, YouTube comments, and uh, we got Link, who's commenting for the algorithm. We'll be watching, listening on Rumble or Spotify, depending on what Link works best. Very good. And uh, we got Tony. says, Adriel, it's time for your channel's name change. Suggestion would be Maple 3 Gunner, and hunting channel would be uh, Maple 3 Gunner Hunts. And he comments, as mentioned before, hard to race a sub 2K. Good entry to the sport, though. I see people racing uh, sub two Ks at three gun all the time. They're reliable. They're small and light, so like whipping them around on a stage is fantastic. They're just hard to put a, a an optic on. Hmm. Yeah. Kelly loves the whipping around. <laughs> no, like, you and Tony are in a bromance for sure. This is me and Adriel. No, same page. We're both, we're both cheapskates. <laughs> not cheapskates. It's your frugal. Frugal firearms. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. Hey, that's your, no. The, fr- that- fr- the frugal firearms guy. Yeah. There you it's go. Too, it's too wordy. It's too wordy. <laughs> and like, the hunting yeah. gear guy is not. It is a bit wordy too. Yeah. <laughs> Adriel. I'll just go with Adriel now. But the the sub two K like I I see people people running them at three gun and they they run fine, they're fast to reload. I like the reloading into the grip. Um, it's just yeah, your your red dots on the forehand if you, if if you run a red dot and you should run a red dot if you want to game with with those things. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the charging in your armpit is terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the rest like the price is great. The reliability is decent. Mike says the best part of the sub 2K is that they are environmentally friendly because they're made of Florida beach plastic. <laughs> Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony was listening back on episode 476 and he made note that uh, Adriel was looking at the high point nine, nine months ago. So. Mm hmm. I still got the best deal on it. Yeah, it took the best deal possible for me to pull the trigger. You were (laughs) lusting after it for a while, and he comes back to current times and says, "If if possible, ask Kyle to bring you High Point magazines next to you next time from stateside, 1950 U.S. per 
five round mag. Fuck that. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not paying 20 bucks for no five round mag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that is caught up on YouTube. Uh, Want to send us something? Send us an email, comment on YouTube, Facebook. We'll read it on the air. Uh, we also have a Discord. You can go and join the Discord server. And, uh, yeah, also, we have a Cabela's link on our website. So if you're buying anything online at Cabela's, jump over to our website, click the link, and we'll get a little kickback. And towards the end of the month, we'll make a list and we'll go through all the purchases. Uh, shoutouts. I have one. Uh, my shout-out this evening is to Canada's finest maple seed instructor. <laughs> Maybe uh, North America's finest maple seed apple instructor uh kelly thank you kelly are you trying to suck yeah. up and get points to get pat no i mean time? i already no. i already failed so it doesn't matter at this point i spent the whole entire day with mo and he he had company at his place and he stayed with me to clean up so i did uh, my did. shout out is to mo because yeah i had such a great time with you it was stinking hot and mm. You stuck through it, and you even are. You even, even when I gave you my look of death, you <laughs> did a few times. Too. He goes, I don't need no stinking slang. And I looked at him and I went, Yeah, she didn't care for me. <laughs> she didn't care for me chucking the sling. It's, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. But no, he was doing great. He was doing fantastic. Everybody was, but um, it was just a challenging day for everybody. So, but I got to spend, uh, 10 quality hours with you. 10 quality hours, yes. They were quality. <laughs> I think so. so. My, my shout out is to you because Thank you. you were you did well. You really, really did. So don't don't beat yourself up. That's right. it. <laughs> I don't have a shout out. None for me. Okay. Okay. You guys don't want to shout each other out? Yeah, come on. Kyle, you were fan you're such a great guy. <laughs> I can't I can't say enough about how great of a guy you are. There you go. <laughs> right back at you, Adriel. Oh, You're really nice. swell. So nice. What a loving. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna sign off. So go join our Discord server, watch us on Facebook, YouTube, and player. Join the CCFR and we will see you next week. Good night. Later, everyone. Good night. Good night, good Dave. Night. Yeah, good night, Dave. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.